T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Oh, Jimmy. Thank you, thank you. That's right, Brian Mazarowski here with you again on my own until 10 o'clock here on WBEN. Uh, how's everybody doing out there? Pretty nice day. A beautiful day yesterday, and uh, we'll get right to it. Uh, before we really dive in here, we do have to do some updating on this show because now basically half of my shows over the last month are inaccurate. Because I have been saying over and over again, uh, you know, that the state budget this year was going to be $216 plus billion. And we had an updated figure. There's no agreement finalized yet, but we were talking with Jimmy Vilkind of the Wall Street Journal uh, a little under an hour ago. And he said that is an updated figure. Update to that. It is now uh, expected to be a $220 billion state budget so 216 that's old news 220 billion dollars just for this year uh state budget coming your way and not fully agreed upon yet but that's the new number that we're looking at um and and, you know it does beg the question right not to belabor the point but for everybody understandably against the idea of giving $600 million to a football team so they can build a new stadium, I get it. But, I mean, can we really use the arguments of, oh, you know, you're spending that money. What about this? What about that? I mean, somehow, even despite sending $600 million to build a Buffalo Bills stadium, even despite that, they still found a way to spend an extra $6 billion on a whole host of other things. So I, it would appear that spending money on a new Bills stadium did not prevent the state from spending over $219 billion on other things, including an additional $6 billion on things that uh, weren't originally included. So, uh, luckily, the stadium deal not standing in the state's way for spending money on whatever that is that you said they should have spent money on beside the Bills Stadium, right? So, uh, there you go, $220 billion. But credit is uh, due where credit is due. Uh, You you know, when it comes to spending public money, there's good ideas and there's bad ideas, and then there's ideas that most people don't care about. But there are a a couple of what I would say are good ideas coming forth in Erie County. The Buffalo News reporting a couple of items 
that are set to be included in the state of the county address where it's always, you know, unveiled. Here's how we're uh, planning on spending money. Some of this, uh, you know, you see in the budget. Others, it's newer ideas that come out at the announcement. That announcement's going to take place tomorrow. But uh, the Buffalo News reporting on a couple of items. Item number one. Now, this doesn't, you know, cost money right now per se, but will eventually down the line, you know, result in more money having to be spent on libraries because of what they're losing. But the Erie County, Buffalo and Erie County Public Library is going to be doing away with fines for overdue materials. So how about that? Now, I am no longer eligible, I think, for the uh, Buffalo. I'm out of Erie County. Um, I have my my other library uh, card in my pocket right now. But I will say that there are some uh, unknown late fees that would have prevented me from going to the library uh, had I still been right around the Audubon Library, uh, just because of my own, you know, just doofusness. Not uh, not realizing when things were due, but I, this is becoming more and more common all across the country. You see these all all the time. Uh, library has apparently already cleared out all outstanding overdue daily fines on accounts, and going forward, no more fines for overdue materials. I I think that's a good way. That's a pretty good idea, and hopefully, it gets more people to use your library. Which I think, if you haven't stepped foot in a library in some time. I mean, it's more than just – there's so many things in the library that I think people have no idea about that you can, uh, you know, either use or, or whatever. Somebody's saying, you know, doing away with overdue fees is ridiculous. How do you ever get those items back? You know, somehow Netflix, um, you know, was able to make it work with no late fees whatsoever. Um, it, it turned out to work well for them. They did eventually get those items back, and they're doing just fine. In case you haven't noticed, people will return stuff. Generally, see that is the I that's the reaction. That, by the way, is a text coming into eight zero three zero nine thirty. Feel free to call in, weigh in uh, on anything today. Eight zero three zero nine three zero. Give a call or send a text on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. I, that is the reaction of a person who's either been jaded one too many times or who uh, you know fundamentally believes that most people are just terrible. Which I think is just a, that's a sad way to kind of go through life. Because I, in reality, late fee or no late fee, generally speaking, people take something out of the library, they're going to give it back. And they're going to want to go back to the library and here I'm done with this book, CD, DVD, you know, whatever it is you're taking away from the library, science kit. And generally speaking, people are going to give it back. And that's, the whole idea of a library is a public service. It's not like a uh, – I, I never looked at the library as this, like, strict teaching mechanism that we have to uh, give uh, crime and punishment. You know, the library cop from Seinfeld. I mean, that's not how you view the library. The library is a resource. Right? It's like the library – is up there with the fire department, the police department. I mean, it's these. They're we all spend money so that we can have this big public resource that everybody enjoys. And here's a good way to enjoy it, and assume more people will do the same thing. 
If you're afraid of late fees, remembering to return something on time, I know I'm always the type of person who on the very last day, it's like, oh, yeah, I have to give that back. Now you don't have to worry about all of that. And, oh, my goodness, I, I'm actually not surprised at all because this is uh, what happens on the text board 20 uh, times out of 20 every single day. People who hate everything. You're eliminating responsibility. Everything free. Well, everything free, that is kind of the point of the library person. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the point of going to the library and not the bookstore every time. It's because I don't have to pay for it. I mean, I pay for it in taxes. But I can read a book without spending $20. And most people will take it upon themselves to return. I highly doubt your aunt is going to be hoarding John Grisham uh, titles now that there's no late fees and creating their own little library inside their home. Something tells me that's not going to be the case. I think it's a great idea. Eliminating the late fees. Hopefully more people use the library. Underutilized. Extremely underutilized. So there you go. And I also think you're probably going to be, uh, it, there, most likely, I would imagine, it's going to be set up in some way where, all right, you took something out. You still haven't returned it after three months. When you scan your card to take something else out, they'll probably say, ah, not until you uh, bring this other thing back. If I had to guess. That's how it's going to work. So people love to complain about everything. Uh, keep moving on. The other thing uh, that's reported that we're going to hear a little bit more about tomorrow, I guess, of what I think good idea to spend money on in this era of just spending money. <laughs> At least that's what we're talking about. Erie County to buy air purifiers for school classrooms. A HEPA air filtration system from Austin Air for about 11,000 classrooms, uh, every classroom in all public-private charter schools all across Erie County. This, to me, is the no-brainer that should have happened two years ago as an effort to get kids back in the classroom sooner. To get kids to not wear a mask in school way sooner than we ever did. This is, It's the no-brainer. Air filtration, the number one. You ask any doctor since uh, March of 2020, what's important? You know, what do you have to watch out for? Well, recirculating the air. How is this happening just now? But it's happening. Better late than never. Um, and the county's going to bring an air purifying unit to every classroom all around the county. Should Regardless of COVID, probably should have happened, right? So, I mean, there you go. I think it's another great idea. My only question with this is, so this is going to every classroom in the county. How did this happen? In the Buffalo School District, where kids were out of school longer than any other major city across the state, uh, remained in masks longer, a day longer, than any other uh, place across the state, and had a billion dollars in new funding this year to spend on getting kids back into the classroom and let's start getting going again. How did they not take it upon themselves to do this before, every single classroom with this uh, unit? I mean, that should have already been negated. I don't remember hearing about that. 
But Erie County is going to do it, and that's set to be announced tomorrow. According to the Buffalo News, I think it's a, hey, another pretty good idea. 803-0930, if you want to join me today, let's head over to uh, Tony. Tony's in Clarence. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Tony? Well, Brian, you come up with some really good topics, and I want to laud you for that. And I enjoy listening to you and Susan uh, in the morning. I've been sick for the last few weeks, and you kept me company and helped me to get through bad times. Sorry to hear that. hope you're feeling better, Tony. Well, me too. I've got to go see a specialist today. Here's the thing. Uh, there were several times when a, a book, new book was put out by an author that I wanted to get that book. Now, I went to call the library or went to the library, and they said somebody already took the book out. You put on, I was put on the list in order to, re- to get this book when it was returned. I waited three months for this particular book to be returned. I finally went back to the library, and the, per- and the very, and by the way, I think the world of librarians, they are, they are saints because they put up with a lot of nonsense from people. But I went back to the library three months later. I said, well, what happened to me being put on this list? They said, well, you're still on the list. The only problem is, is that the person who took the book out originally never returned it. Joe, I said, Brian, excuse me, Brian, this is this is this is gonna. I don't know if what what's this gonna lead to, but you can't get a book that's not available because somebody took it out and didn't return it. That is responsibility that needs to be uh, looked at. That is the attitude of some of the people. My I'm 75 years old. When I went into the library with my father or mother when I was seven or eight years old, I was taught that when you got that card stamp, and I'm going way back, Joe, uh, Brian, that you had to return that book on that date by that date. That was my responsibility as I grew up. I never deviated from it. That's why we have a society we have today. And, Tony, I'm going to interrupt you, but every single parent who walks through those doors with their kids can still say, Listen, you take that book out, this is the date it's due by, you return it by that date. And a fine shouldn't change that, whether there is or isn't one in place. I mean, right, that's the whole idea. That's that's just, it's not a fine keeping you accountable. It's good parenting. It's just, it's your own sense of right and wrong that should be keeping you accountable on this. Yeah, but Joe, if you're 10 years old, I say, Brian, excuse me, I can't give Beamer. Uh, the thing is, if you were 10 years old and your parents walked in that library and did and did parent correctly, like you just said, and I love parents like that. I love parents like that. We don't have them today. The thing is, is that you're telling a 10-year-old that they're responsible to return this book, right? Or this whatever it was. Well, by the time time comes around to have the book returned on time, guess who returns the book at that point? The parents. The parent returned the book, not the child. Well, you know, again, Tony, and thanks for the call. Thanks for listening. I hope you're feeling better. I. It depends on the house. I mean, I used to go to the lab. Now, can I say this out? Now that we're being very forgiving in library culture, can I say this out loud? I used to go to the library all the time, would flip through the music, take the CDs so that I can bring them home, rip them onto my computer, and have them for forever. 
and I would take out tons at a time. Uh, you know, it, it, it was great. It was great for somebody who, you know, only had money from a part-time job and, you know, would utilize the library. I would be there at least once a week. And it, you know, no one, my mom or dad weren't holding my hand through the library. No, you go into the library, you pick out a bunch of seats, and then it was up to me. It's not up to the parents. It's up to you to then bring them back. And I, I think you're making too broad of an assumption to say that everybody now thinks the same way. And everybody, well, if you're 10, then, you know, it's going to be mommy and daddy walking you through there. And uh, they're always going to be, well, well, not if the parents choose to put it on the kid. You know, I don't know what age it is. I can't tell you an age off the top of my head. But there does come a time where it's like, okay, you know, I'm you're done with the hand-holding when it comes to a library. And, you know, the next time you're in the, you, you, maybe you return things, maybe you don't. You say, all right, little Timmy, it's up to you. We took out these books. You know when they're due. It's uh, right here inside the front page. On the receipt, you have to return it to the library. Either ask me to take you, ride your bike, or, or walk, yeah, do whatever it is. But you've got to return that book. And then next time you're at the library and, you know, they can't take out a book, maybe there's a fine, maybe it's just a warning, but then that's on them. You know, I... I I'm not I'm not one to make generalizations. You know, I think that's a that's the wrong thing to say of oh, this generation, their parents do everything for them. Well then whose fault is that? It's not the generation. <laughs> it would be the parents, right? Let's go to Andy. Andy and Amherst, you're on WBEN. What's on your mind, Andy? How you doing? Oh hi Brian, how are you? Doing well. What's going on? You know, uh, I'd like to take issue with people who say that um you know we're giving money to billionaires uh, with this uh, $600 million that's coming from the state, um, thinking that the $600 million would be more better spent by government. Um, I think that uh, government, there's a couple things. One thing on the front page of the paper today about um, one, the, the uh, Crystal Barton's uh, pay uh, total cost of her package was $1 million dollars. And um, with fees and everything. And that, to me, is one person getting $1 million based on government negotiating with government. And I don't think, I think that the money um, not giving to billionaires, billionaires would spend it better than, than what government does. And um, that, that's my whole, and plus, you can't put a price on civic pride. And without money coming to the bills to build the stadium, potentially losing them, would lose a lot of civic pride. And that, to me, um, fuels a lot of investment in the community. Andy, thanks for the call. And, you know, I do think that is something that's completely ignored by, you know, the Berkeley types, the people who come out with these studies. Let's face it, for the most part, the person writing the in-depth study about the pros and cons 
of public funding for a sports stadium, whether that's football, baseball, anything else, is not the type of person who lives uh, and breathes and dies by any sports team. So they don't get it. Right? Right? <laughs> uh, and, you know, the point is well taken. I To me, it is well taken. Not to others. Um, but, you know, that pride part, I definitely do agree, uh, agree with. I mean, the library fines are going away. I think that's fine. Somebody even pointed out, you know what? This will, for whatever money they lose, they might make up for not processing library fines. Maybe it's a wash. I don't have the financials in front of me. But you can weigh in. 803-0930, BMAS and Beamer here on WBEN. Brian Mazrowski back here with you on WBEN. Up until 10 o'clock or so, thanks for hanging out with me. Uh, talking about a whole number of issues here on uh, BMAS and Beamer, including, you know, uh, some of the uh, the state budget, no longer 216, but $220 billion just for this uh, one year. Somehow, despite a $600 million uh, state subsidy for the stadium in some way, shape, or form, uh, we still, ma- still managed to conjure an extra $4 billion for other projects. It's amazing. How that happens. Um, And and then some good ideas. You know, you have to be fair on both sides. When you see a good idea, I'll uh, I'll call them uh, just like it is. And a couple of those, reportedly, from the Buffalo News, set to come out from Erie County. Which would be, uh, and we'll hear, I guess, more extensively about this tomorrow at the State of the County Address. One, providing an air filter, HEPA filters, made right here in Buffalo, by the way. For every single school classroom inside of Erie County, the other doing away with late fees at the library, which I think is a great idea. If it can get more people to use the library, hey, I'm for it. 803-0930. What do you think about that? You can weigh in. Give me a call. 803-0930 or on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. We'll go to Rob. Rob is in Lockport. Rob, uh, what's going on this morning? What's on your mind? Yeah. Good morning, Brian. I think this ties into your late fees thing. Uh, it's nothing to do with the library, but I read in the Lockport paper that uh, our city got a, getting a federal grant or a payment to uh, forego, help poor income people forego their water and electric bills. Now, I, I'm not a taker, but I'm to the point where everybody else is taking. Uh, would I accept food stamps? Probably not. I would I wouldn't feel good about that. The story is, I read the article and I'm going, well, maybe I'll try that because, you know, electric bills are up, water bills are up. But the stipulation is, if you are late for a couple months on your bills, you're the only one that can get the money. So if... You know, if you have a hardship, all right, let's say you got sick and you had a hardship. But if people are laying on their bills and you're giving them a free pass, how does that make the rest of us feel? Well, Rob, thanks for the call. I mean, it hopefully makes you feel good that your neighbors have heat and electricity. <laughs> that's, that's what I would have to say to that. Um, I mean, the, hopefully makes you feel good that people have a living condition if they're on a hardship. 
And generally, that I mean, that's how you would show that you need it, right? If your your electricity doesn't get turned off the first time you're late on a payment, so you'd have to be late a few times in order to end up in trouble. And then by that time, you'd be able to hopefully get that assistance. So I would hope that you're feeling good that your neighbors aren't going to be in that situation. And that's, again, that's if you need it. And there you go. That's that's public money used for public benefit. Knowing that most people are going to pay their bills. And everybody wants to. And that some people need help some of the times. It's the library fee going away. It's knowing that most people are going to return their library books. And it's not punishing the person who, you know, goes back to the library, forgot about some book they took out six months ago, a year ago. All of a sudden they have a late fee. Well, I guess I'm not going to take out this library book. And then they never use the library again over, you know, Encyclopedia Brown was passed due. You know, is that worth not and you know they probably had to pay I, I believe it says right in this article they would have to in the plan pay for the book if it's lost or damaged so it's not like everyone's totally void of responsibility here it's just making it a little more sensible to try and get more people to use this awesome thing that we all pay into every day which is the library. Someone chiming in uh, at me, NT Library, uh, pretty good. I know it. I got my uh, card right here in my pocket. It's attached to my keys. I I might head there a little bit later on. I do, Does anyone know if Arthur ever went to the dentist? I'm trying to get my kid a dentist book just to prep him for a week from now, his first time. If Arthur went to the dentist, that would be a good way to do it. I don't know if he did, though. If you have that information, let me know. <laughs> 803-0930. Uh, I, I love and hate this text. Uh, it comes from Bob and Elma, who uh, chimed in, 803-0930. Um, I love it, Bob, because I, I feel exactly the same way. I hate it because I don't think it's the right way we should be looking at this situation. Bob and Elma Texan, I'm 70 years old. I look at the money New York State is wasted over my lifetime, and I look at the stadium, and that's something I enjoy. And I worked hard all my life to build a bridge with Cuomo's father's name on it. I'll never drive across. I didn't have a say in that. I didn't have a say in Tesla. So I think the stadium should be built, and people should quit whining New York State's wasted money for years. Bob, like I said, I love and I hate it because I hate that it's true. But I do love the idea of, you know, and this was me turning around. I used to be firmly in the camp of, well, no, we shouldn't be spending public money on this. And then I covered my first county budget, you know, unveiling. And I looked at the huge stack of papers. And I'm like, what? This is, look at how much money is here. What? There's what program? There's all these things I didn't even know existed. I don't use any of this. 
And you know your your gears start turning, and then you see, uh, oh, what's the uh, the big uh, dollar figure on the state budget? The two hundred twenty billion. Whoa! I mean, that's pretty incredible. A lot of it's stuff you'll never use. A lot of it's stuff is stuff that you will use. I mean, the vast majority for everyone says it should be education, should be healthcare. Most of that money is going toward education and healthcare. But you are kind of left with that idea that you know what? Hey, listen. What's one more waste of dollars? <laughs> if it's a waste of dollars that I'm going to enjoy, and this isn't saying that it is or isn't a waste, but if you have that attitude, what's more money being misspent? We do it enough already. At least this time, I'm going to benefit. I mean, you know, it's, it's a shame to say that it's easy to have that attitude. So I love it and hate the text, uh, Bob from Elma on WBEN. You know, uh, focus on finances, I guess, and how you spend your money. I saw this story this morning of I always love these things that go up for auction. You know, prize pieces and memorabilia. We talked uh, twice this year about, uh, you know, Tom Brady touchdown footballs and how much could it fetch at an auction. Well, one of the most famous pieces of sports memorabilia in the world is going up for auction. Uh, Maradona's Hand of God shirt, the very uh, jersey he wore against England in the 1986 World Cup, is up for sale. The jersey could fetch more than $5.2 million at auction. The auction opens April 20th. The auction opens at 420, so you know somebody is going to just be not in the right frame of mind and pull the trigger and, you know, at least start the bidding at like three and a half mil. Uh, but this is uh, the uh, auctioneer said, I'll never get to handle anything this good again. It's iconic in the history of sports. And he wore the shirt for two goals. One, the most famous soccer goal of all time that was scored with his hand. The quote after... Uh, it was missed by the referee, basically punched in the net. The quote after, lived forever. He said the goal was scored a little with the head of Maradona, a little with the hand of God. And then he scored again wearing that jersey in uh, what some call the greatest goal of all time, beating like the entire English team uh, before putting it in the back of the net. Uh, iconic. $5.2 million. So out of my league for sure. But I had a on a very... Lower scale, you know, a similar idea percolate in my mind of I, I always like the idea of memorabilia, but I, I would never want to spend the money on it. But I did see this weekend, you know, the Sabres are auctioning off the jerseys they wore on uh, RJ night last week, Friday. You got the little RJ patch on it. It's very cool. You know, some of the, I mean, it ranges when I was looking at it anywhere from 200 to, you know, some players who, might not have even skated in the game to a couple of thousand dollars for the bigger name players. And so I, I was like, oh, that's cool. I just was interested to see what the price was. And then I saw th those weren't the only jerseys they were auctioning off. They were also auctioning off uh, jerseys. It was the, uh, you know, their uh, special jerseys they wore in the outdoor game. They didn't wear these in the outdoor game, but they wore them a couple weeks later on a Friday night. And I was thinking, oh, wait, I brought my son to that game. 
And we're in the car with them, you know, looking on the phone in the car. My wife's driving. And I go, wow, isn't they're auctioning off the jerseys that they wore to the game. I, you know, I took our son to. It was his first ever Sabres game. How cool would it be to get that jersey and then, you know, give it to him someday when he's a little bit older and be like, hey, this jersey, it's a game-worn jersey. It doesn't matter the player. You get, you know, the cheapest one. But this is a game-worn jersey. They wore this the first ever game that you went to. How cool would that be? And that's when, you know, maybe my wife should be in charge of the New York State budget because they wouldn't uh, have magically conjured an extra $4 billion. She looked at me and just went, no. (laughs) Are you out of your mind? Of course that's not going to happen. Like, you don't need to spend $200 on a hockey jersey. You, You have hockey jerseys in the closet. I don't care who wore it where. No. You already got him a pretzel at the game. That's enough. So you made enough memories for once. I'm like, all right, just thought it would be cool. You know, hey, I could be asking you for the Maradona jersey, five and a half million, but you know, I'm I was aiming low here. Thought I'd be the problem was I didn't start with the Maradona. I started if I started at five million, ended up at two hundred, it might have been a little more palpable. Uh, but I you gotta start high and then go low. I forgot that this time around. And then also this morning, we were talking about this story on the morning show, which I, it struck me. And we've had this for a few times. Uh, But for some reason this morning, this time around, it it kind of struck me of the show that's breaking records on Netflix. Did you miss me? Season two of Bridgerton, even bigger than season one. Netflix says the Regency-era drama set a record for the most hours of an English-language show watched in a week on the streaming service. 251.74 million hours watched the first full week season two was out. Previous champ was Inventing Anna with just under 200 million hours watched. But when you count all languages, Squid Game is still the champ with more than double Bridgerton's hours watched. 571 million. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. All right, so Bridgerton, the show, is breaking records as the most hours watched. It's the most watched show Netflix, uh, you know, has had almost ever. Uh, English speaking, that Squid Game show is still number one. But that kind of falls into this too. Uh, Bridgerton, more people are watching it than any other Netflix show. I don't know a single person who's watched this. I've never even thought about watching it. I have a very vague understanding of what it is. It's like teen drama and it's like a period piece. Teen drama in like Victorian England or something. I think that's generally what it is. But I don't know anyone who's watched it. I, Aside from this, I haven't seen or read anybody talking about it. And it gets you thinking about how different the whole landscape is, and how quickly it all changed. Uh, Susan was in here earlier this morning, and I was trying to think of, you know, what was the last show that you could walk up to, like, anybody, and they'd have, like, a general idea of what you're talking about. Because if I walked to Bridgerton, the most-watched Netflix show, if I walked up to the average person on the street... 
they would have no idea what it is. I would say, what, seven out of 10 people, eight out of 10 people would have no idea what I'm talking about. And that's the most watched. But you have to have Netflix. You have to watch it on Netflix. It has to be recommended to you on Netflix. You might have a different thing. You might have no streaming. You might have another streaming. Everything's so fractured out that way, not as many people are seeing it. And even if you have Netflix, I, well, it's not like Netflix is a channel where it's like, okay, well, it's a Monday at 8.30, so Bridgerton's on, and I have no other option. You can watch whatever you want, whenever you want. So this, the most watched Netflix show, I think, is something that most people have no idea what it is. I think that's crazy to think. Because I wanted to say, you know, just, what, five, ten years ago, you would have all these shows that, you know, more people enjoyed and we were watching together. But then I'm actually thinking about it, and that goes way past five, ten years ago. You know, why are sports bigger than ever? It's one of, like, the few things that we have left that you can, you know, on a Monday after a Bills game, I most people generally kind of know, even if you didn't watch the game, you know what people are talking about. You know how it went. You know who Stefan Diggs is. And, and you can kind of hang in the conversation. What other TV have you been able to say that about? And I'm thinking, like, maybe it was American Idol. <laughs> but that doesn't count. I mean, that's like a reality show. That was still on network TV. I mean, TV shows that's on now. And I'm thinking, like, is it Friends? Is that the last time that, you know, you could walk up to just, just about anyone across the country? And they might not watch it. They might not like it. But they know what you're talking about. They know it's a sitcom. And I got a few suggestions on the text board. Somebody said, no, Brian, it's Tiger King. And I said, yeah, I think you might be right on that. That might be the most recent example. But it's still not... That was such a strange example, though. It happened right at a time when it was all anybody had to do. It was amplified by, you know, some of these other shows, I mean, they were popular in the media, but I mean, you couldn't turn on a morning or evening news program without hearing a story about Tiger King or people watching Tiger King. It was all the late night jokes. I mean, it was just all across, it was ever, you couldn't walk away from it. And you weren't going anywhere and having conversations. Everyone's workplace was shut down. So <laughs> that was a little bit different. And then other people chiming in, The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, very popular, but I I think most people would know kind of what you're talking about. I don't know if enough people saw it. The Sopranos was super popular, but I pushed back on that. It was on HBO. And most people didn't have HBO, as popular as the show was, and as many people watched it. Uh all the things chiming in, I just do not think happens anymore. I'm looking for the monoculture idea. Yellowstone, I hear it's popular. I would say most people have no idea what you're talking about. Third Rock, I, uh, Third Rock from the Sun, the show, no way. I don't think it was that popular with, uh, what's his face, uh, Stuart something. 
they were all aliens. But it's been a while. You really have to rack your brain. Scripted TV show that everybody's on the same page with. Listen, that story today, I think it shows you it just doesn't happen anymore. It's kind of crazy, right? Anyways, thanks for hanging out with me um, in our community. You can walk down the street, say, hey, were you listening to BMAS today? And you get the same reaction as uh, with Bridgerton, I think. Most popular show on Netflix. (laughs) I'll be back tomorrow uh, here on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.